What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Empire State Conservative Network podcast. On today's show, we're going to be discussing how more than a third of New Yorkers don't feel they can live here anymore. Gee, if you're one of those, raise your hand. How Joe Biden's lack of confidence entering the presidential race is comical. And while we continue to waste taxpayer dollars and media coverage on the Mueller investigation into President Trump, Ukraine's government is investigating members of its own government for pushing support for 2016 presidential candidate Guess who? Hillary Clinton. But of course, it's going to be covered up and swept under the rug. So before we get into all that, first off, if you're new to the show, welcome. The Empire State Conservative Network podcast is for New York-based conservatives who are sick and tired of how the state is being run. You're sick and tired of being neglected by local and state officials. And you're sick and tired of being ostracized by friends, family, and co-workers who are liberal for thinking differently than they do about politics and life in general, mainly because you're right and they're wrong. And we are starting a movement here. This is a grassroots movement. Please check out our website if you haven't already at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com. But we are here to rile up the conservative base in New York. The 2018 midterms, it's around the time that we started this, uh, really showed a lot. It showed a lot of the complacency and the defeatism that's evident throughout the conservative base. And a lot of it is warranted. Uh, we had Vicky Palladino on this past Friday about uh, talking about the corruption within the city and the Queens GOP, respectively. And it's the same statewide. They run a lot of empty suits, these spineless neocons and rhinos that really do not have our best interests at heart. So when it comes time for Andrew Cuomo and his cronies up in Albany to pass bills like the SAFE Act to the red flag gun laws, even the first SAFE Act, then... That's going, to pause, that's going to pose issues for millions of New York conservatives and gun owners and people who believe in the founding principles of this country and the Constitution. So we're here to rile up the base. We're going to bring on candidates like Vicky. We had Manny, Manny Alejandro who was running for New York City public, public Advocate about a month ago. And as these races start to develop heading into 2020, we're going to bring on candidates that meet your needs. And also watch out for local Empire State Conservative chapters so that you don't have to deal with your local county or district GOP or Republican groups. Because let's face it, for the most part, a lot of them are corrupt. If you do have aspirations for higher officer, if you have aspirations for a candidate in your area who would be a good fit, but is not going to get the approval from the powers that be, they just want to sit back and continue to let the state disintegrate, then we're going to get out there and do something about it. And like we said, as time goes on and as 2020 gets closer, we're going to give you tips and strategies about how you can get involved at the local level. Justin, one of our co-founders, says this all the time, politics is local, so keep that in mind. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of today, huh? So let's start off with how New Yorkers, and a third of them, say they can't afford to live here. This is according to a New York Post article by Carl Campanilli and Max Yeager, so I'm going to read and then discuss. So at least it'll be easier to find a seat on the subway. More than a third of all city residents say they can't afford to live anywhere in the state, much less the Big Apple, and believe economic hardship will send them packing in five years or less, according to a dismal new poll. That's 41% of city dwellers who say they can't cope with New York's highest cost of living, according to a Quinnipiac poll published on Wednesday. Separately, 41% feel they'll be, quote, forced to pull up stakes and seek greener pastures where the economic climate is more welcoming. 
So states like Florida, Texas, North Carolina. And before I get it, you go any further, another part of this mission, many of us, myself included, we were raised here, we were born here, and we want to die here. We want to live our whole lives in this state. There are still so many great things about the state, but the problem is it's being run into the ground consistently, especially since Andrew Cuomo took office and the governorship, and as Democrats have seized more and more control um, at the state level and at the local levels throughout the state, um, we you know, leaving, if you have the financial means or if you find a job where you can afford to move with yourself and your family down to a North Carolina or a Florida or a Texas, the problem with doing that is that for every one of you, for every family like yours, there's a family of liberals who are doing it. And they don't know why they're doing it. They may not be able to afford to live there. That much we can all agree on. But they're going to bring their voting records with them. That is, checking off the checkbox on their voting ballot next to the D, the Democrat, or Dick, that they're voting for in their district, for their state legislature. And unfortunately, I honestly don't think, I think this election for the president coming up in 2020 is huge. And I also think a lot of the local and state elections coming up in 2020 are huge as well. Because if we can't take the state back, if we can't begin to make reparations, get back Republican control and real conservatives, not just Republicans, real conservatives into office at the local and state levels, if we can't do that, if we can't put a check on Andrew Cuomo, then we're going to be in big trouble. As you've seen the first few months of this year, we've had the Reproductive Health Act, the DREAM Act, the SAFE Act 2, the Red Flag Gun Laws, just to name a few, and there's a lot more where that came from, and unfortunately, there is nothing we can do about it right now. We have to wait until 2020, which is why we're here at Empire State Conservative Network, why we're trying to rile up the base. So anyway, moving is only temporarily going to solve your problem if you're just trying to get away uh, from the socialist policies and obviously the financial ruin that the state's going into and that it's posing to a lot of people who live here. But you may be able to afford to live down there. Maybe it'll be okay for three, five, ten years. But eventually, the voting records of the other people living, leaving blue states like ours, like California, they're going to come there too. They're going to take over in the metropolitan areas, the more populous areas, and you're going to be screwed there. And then there's going to be nowhere left to turn outside of like Montana, North Dakota, and places like that. So anyway, um, getting back. Said Ari Boutron, a 49-year-old paralegal and born and bred New Yorker from Forest Hills, Queens, quote, they're making the city a city for the wealthy and they're really choking out the middle class. A lot of my friends have had to move to Florida, Texas, Oregon, like I just said. You go to your local shop and it's $5 for a gallon of milk and $13 for shampoo. Yeah, I've noticed that too. I live on the island, but I've noticed that too. I'm sure you have wherever you live in New York State. Prices for everything are going up, and it's because the businesses that sell us these goods, the shampoos, the milk, groceries, whatever the case may be, the toiletries at a pharmacy or at the grocery store, they are being taxed very highly. If they own the property they're on, their taxes have gone up. Property taxes across the state have gone up. Sales tax, um, paying income tax, the, the minimum wage they're looking to instill. All of these are not beneficial to business. And what happens if a business wants to continue to generate a similar level of profit, if they have a, a recurring revenue stream, they have to raise prices to offset the added costs. That's basic business 101. So that's why this is happening, by the way. It's because of taxation. And it's kind of having a ripple effect throughout the economy and throughout what businesses are charging for their goods and services. Anyway, getting back to what Ari said. Do you know how much a one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment is? $1,700. Very true. What's wrong with this picture? Uh, I'm living in a place right now for $1,400. That's only because we have a family friend who's 
letting us rent this place. Usually they would be charging a lot more. I live in a house right now that I'm renting for 1400 which is almost unheard of here on Long Island. But getting back, and New Yorkers' collective outlook seems to be getting worse. Just 31% said they thought they'd have to leave when pollsters asked the same question in May. City dwellers were not surprised their neighbors have such a bleak outlook. Said New York native Dexter Benjamin, 23, quote, I am definitely not going to be here five years from now. I'll probably move to Florida or Texas where most of my family has moved. Those who have already made a break for it out of the Empire State say they're not looking back. Said Robert Carpenter, 50, who moved from Brooklyn to northern Newark, New Jersey in 2016. God, that's awful. Quote, moving to New Jersey has only added 15 minutes to my commute, and I'm still working in downtown Brooklyn. I save about $300 extra a month, which in the long run, it matters. Even well-heeled New Yorkers are being lured down south thanks to New York's hefty tax burden and new federal tax policies that punish high-tax states, according to Miami property magnate Gil Deezer. Quote, because of the city tax and the non-deductibility of your real estate tax, taxes, we're seeing a lot more people with peaked interest. The poll's findings reinforce research done by the Empire Center for Public Policy that shows that New York leads the nation in terms of residents jumping ship. Yes, we do. It's not surprising. The out-migration downstate is first and foremost about affordability. Rent and property taxes downstate are very high, said the Empire Center's E.J. McMahon. Very true. The poll also found that minorities have an even grimmer outlook on their economic prospects. As to rate their economic situations, non-whites disproportionately ranked their situations as either poor or not good compared to whites. Meanwhile, whites are quicker to report their situa- situations as excellent or good. Some people of color said gentrification is forcing them out. Said, uh, who is this? Uh, said Washington Heights resident Clifton Oliver, 43. When I moved back, moved here, there was no H&M, no Shake Shack. It was authentically African-American New York Harlem. Now people are going down south to Florida, Alabama, Baltimore. The poll surveyed 1,216 regi- registered voters between March 13th and 18th of this year. City-specific questions had a margin of error of about seven points. doesn't matter if... And I guarantee you that the seven-point margin of difference was not on the lower end. I mean... This is not news to anybody watching or listening to this. This is something that we've been dealing with for a long time. Since 2012, we've lost over 1 million more residents than we've taken in. Just last year alone, in 2018, we lost 84,000 more people than we took in. And we continue to always rank in the top three states in terms of out-migration patterns year after year after year. And yes, measured on a grander scale, since 2012, we have lost the most residents compared to those we took in, compared to any other state in the union. That includes places like California and Oregon and Illinois and very blue states where they also do have out-migration problems. And that's because, and a lot to do with the um, tax burden. And it's talked about in this article and is absolutely true. And on top of that, the red tape and the regulation, um, I, you know, my parents are downsizing right now. I, it's me and two younger brothers. I'm 30 years old. My two younger brothers are also moved out of the house. They're working and they live in other states. So my parents don't need, you know, a three or four bedroom house anymore because they don't need three or four bedrooms, just them and a few dogs and, and some other pets. So they decided to downsize and they had them they just had work done on their new home. And I can't tell you the amount that they paid, not just in terms of the construction, which, I mean, that's on them, but I'm talking about how much they paid in terms of uh, 
you know, having inspectors come to the house, having to apply for permits, to put in a sink, and to do this and to do that on their own property. Things that have nothing to do with the municipality. They claim that it has something to do with the municipality, but in actuality, they're not tapping into the water supply, they're not tapping into the electrical grid and doing anything that wasn't being done before. Like it's just I'm replacing the sink in the bathroom with a new sink because the sink in the bathroom that was already there was cracked or it was old and it wasn't running well. So we wanted to put in new stuff. That's the type of stuff they were doing. And despite that, they have to have inspectors come in. They have to file a whole ton of permits. It's ridiculous. So the red tape, the regulation added with taxation makes this place almost unlivable. And I get, you know, and it's, it's often very appealing to people. Like I'm one of those people where for what I do for work, I can pretty much pack up and go anywhere. I don't need to be here. I'm here because my girlfriend works here. She's, you know, I'm not going to reveal what she does or anything like that, but she's got a job where she's good. <laughs> and it, it would be stupid of her to leave it at this juncture. And if it wasn't for her, I don't know what I would do in all honesty, but I'm here to fight. I'm here for the long haul. You know, this is a person that I'd probably see myself marrying and everything like that. So I intend to stake around. And if she needs to stay here, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I'm willing to stay here. I'm willing to fight and, and help you guys fight too. Whereas I'm sure for a lot of people, whether you're tied down or not with where you work, like, like she is, a lot of people, you can find similar work in other states. Yes, you may have to start at a lower salary. Yes, you may have to start a little bit lower on the totem pole and work your way back up. And that's a pain in the ass. But in exchange for, you know, a comparable salary and lower cost of living, both in the form of taxation and just cost of living, their rent or mortgage, groceries, you know, everything you would need is much lower in certain states, then yeah, of course it makes financial sense to go down there, even if you take a slight hip to your ego. But we got to stick around and we got to fight this out. That's what we're here for. And like we said, we're going to bring on candidates. We're going to give you tips on how you can get involved at your local level because that's those are the people, those are the leg- legislators and the officials that matter most. Yes, the presidency is very important because that's going to determine what, what direction the country goes in. We either continue with a good economy, cutting regulations, and a lot of positive things. There are some negative things, but for the most part, very positive things on the president's part, or we can take our chances. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforallocasions.com. Speaking of the presidency, we got Joe Biden. So he is probably going to be entering the race. And according to the Daily Wire, he wants to announce his pick with his VP already picked out. And he won't believe who it is. So on Thursday morning, this is according to the Daily Wire and Amanda Pristigiacomo. Hopefully I pronounced your name right. If I didn't, my bad. Uh, on Thursday morning, media reports claimed former Vice President Joe Biden, who is expected to announce his 2020 presidential bid any day now, will do so as in a package deal, with his number two likely being failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. Michael Strahan. I'm just kidding. That's uh, messed up. I'm sorry. Uh, said... Uh, said Axios, quote, close advisors to former Vice President Biden are debating the idea of packaging his presidential campaign announcement with a pledge to choose Stacey Abrams as his vice president. The New York Times, a former newspaper, thank you, Andrew Clavin, published a similar report concerning a Biden-Abrams ticket, though the outlet noted 
that other young Democrats' names are still being shopped around for the full-ticket announcements, such as Senator Kamala Harris and failed Senate candidate Robert Beto O'Rourke, who we talked about earlier in the week. The Times reports that Biden names had lunch together in Washington last week, though, quote, advisors to both declined to say if he had broached the subject of the vice presidency. Aides to Mr. Biden, who spoke to him after the lunch, said he found that he found Mrs. Abrams incredibly impressive. And Abrams' pick for VP would clearly be a way for Biden to add his ticket some much sought-after racial and gender diversity, which is weighty currency to Democratic officials. For example, 2020 hopeful O'Rourke already made it clear that it is his, quote, preference to have a female VP candidate VP ticket if he were to get the Democratic nomination. Radical activist Al Sharpton, for example, told Axios that the, quote, Abrams move would help Biden by mitigating objections to his treatment of Anita Hill during Justice Clarence Thomas's confirmation. If you watch those videos, he was really messed up to her. Uh, or actually, no, the reverse. And the Times notes, quote, with a younger but still accomplished vice presidential nominee at his side, Mr. Biden could hope to demonstrate his commitment to diversity and to restoring stability to Washington. Additionally, Abrams is just 45 years old, 31 years younger than Biden, who is 76. Biden's advanced age might be addressed by pledging that he'll only serve one term in the White House if elected, an idea that Times reports is, quote, under discussion, according to, quote, multiple party officials. And Abrams' pick comes with risks, of course. As noted by Axios, some opposed advisors worry the announced VP pick could feel gimmicky, which it is. Moreover, the Georgia Democrat has no experience in politics outside of being a state representative. Not that a lack of experience is always harmful, as evidenced by Obama in both 2008 and in 2016 with Trump winning. As reported by the Daily Wire on Wednesday, Abrams has yet to acknowledge that she was defeated some four months ago and suggested she was once, quote, plotting some form of, quote, revenge. Said Abrams, quote, I don't concede that I lost. I acknowledge that I'm not the governor of Georgia. Well, that's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. Uh, and she said that during a lecture at Vanderbilt University on Tuesday. That's made plain every day I don't walk into the governor's mansion. I could fight just to fight, but the minute that it becomes about me, it becomes a vanity project. Yeah, that can't be the reason you do things. And I spent that 10-day period plotting. Revenge can be very cathartic. All right. So, obviously, this is all a gimmick. This is Joe Biden entering the race, obviously, there are going to be questions about his age. He's a gaffe machine. You know, we talk about AOC now as a younger one, but he's been a gaffe machine. He's run for president not once, not twice. This will be the third time that Joe Biden ran for president. He did run back in 2008, and after he lost the Democratic nomination, Obama selected him as his vice presidential candidate. There's a video of him all over the internet. I've sent this to people who didn't believe me, and it's right out in the open, where he says, and he touches, very little, you know, young girls, whether they're in their teens or they're even younger than that and he says things to them which are really creepy and and yes maybe they're being misconstrued and they look worse in the moment because it's a selected clip but it's it's pretty creepy so there's not a lot going for him in that respect but he's a popular guy he's more moderate than uh cory booker kamala harris elizabeth warren bernie sanders he's more moderate than they are so that they're hoping that that will appeal to some of the swing states and also adding stacy abrams to the ticket like the article mentioned and is 100 percent right is to appeal to female voters and to appeal to african-american voters because stacy abrams was pretty popular among those during the georgia race and just like with hillary in 2016 she's still not conceding that she lost that there was some plot against her when in actuality that's complete and utter bullcrap and speaking of bullcrap let's get to hillary clinton so you know hillary clinton she paid the firm that created the russian dossier that started this whole Mueller report in the first place that is a fast track check of what happened and why still over two years later 
We have the Mueller investigation. They're leaking that it's finally going to come out. Yay! They have nothing. If they had anything, with all the leaks that have occurred during it, when they arrested people like Paul Manafort, you think for one second, you think for one second that they wouldn't have brought anything to light if there was real collusion going on between President Trump and the Russians. You're out of your mind. They don't have anything. Maybe they have some shady business dealings and practices, but that's not enough to convict someone or to impeach someone. And Nancy Pelosi even said a couple of weeks back as much. They're not going to waste time impeaching him because they know they have nothing to impeach him on. So this is a waste of taxpayer dollars. It's a waste of resources and time from the federal government. But that's what expanded government does, especially when the president and especially when different politicians do not fit their narrative. Now then, Talking about the 2016 presidential election, a top Ukrainian official opened an investigation into an alleged plot to boost Hillary Clinton in the 2016 United States presidential election. This is called, according to Ryan Saavedra at the Daily Wire. A senior Ukrainian official told The Hill this week that he has launched an investigation into members of his government over an alleged plot to boost Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton during the 2016 election. Ukrainian President General Yuri Lutsenko told The Hill's John Solomon, quote, Today, we will launch criminal investigation about this and we will give a legal assessment of this information. The Hill reported, quote, Lutsenko is probing a claim from a member of the Ukrainian parliament that the director of the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, NABU for short, Artem Sitink, attempted to the benefit of the 2016 U.S. presidential election on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Wow, they got to work on that sentence. According to the member of parliament of Ukraine, he got the court decision that the NABU official conducted an illegal intrusion into the American election campaign, Lutsenko said. It means that we think Mr. Sitink, the NABU director, officially talked about criminal investigation with Mr. Manafort, and at the same time, Mr. Sitink stressed that in such a way, he wanted to assist the campaign of Ms. Clinton. Oh, that's great. Several days before then-president-elect Donald Trump would be sworn to office, Political broke the story about the alleged Ukraine effort to boost Clinton. It said, and I quote, Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors. A political investigation found a Ukrainian-American operative who was consulting for the Democratic National Committee met with top officials in the Ukrainian embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump, top campaign aide Paul Manafort, and Russia, according to people with direct knowledge of the situation. The operative, Alexandra Chalupa, <laughs> said in 2017, quote, when it was announced that the Trump campaign hired Manafort, many Ukrainian Americans were alarmed and concerned it was an early signal that Putin was trying to influence the U.S. election. And at that time, I flagged for the DNC the significance of his hire based on information in the public domain. In a separate piece at the Hill, Solomon writes that the Ukrainian investigation centers around, quote, whether his country's law enforcement apparatus intentionally leaked financial records during the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign about then-Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort in an effort to sway the election in favor of Hillary Clinton. Lutsenko is not the only Ukrainian official that wants an investigation into the ties between Clinton and members of the Ukrainian government. In a July 24th letter to Ukraine's prosecu Prosecutor General Andrei Durkak, 
interesting name, <laughs> an independent MP who was formerly aligned with a pro-Russian party requested that authorities launch a pretrial investigation into, quote, illegal interference in the election of president of the United States organized by a criminal organization, Politico reported. This organization, he said, consisted of senior members of the country's National Anti-Corruption Bureau, government officials, and other public fi figures. Several months later, Trump tweeted about the report, suggesting that then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions should look into it. He said, he tweeted, quote, Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump campaign quietly working to boost Clinton. So where is the investigation, AG? Valid point. So long story short, not once, but twice when they're trying to put the light on Donald Trump and say that he and his campaign uh, were crooked and they cheated to beat out Hillary Clinton, that they had the backing of Russia and other Eastern European entities. Not only do they have nothing, because again, if the Mueller report had anything in relation to proving Russian collusion, you can bet your ass that would have been leaked to the press. Secondarily, the dossier that started the Mueller investigation was bought for and provided to the media by Hillary Clinton from a firm in Russia that put it all together. So that's two. And third, when Manafort, who might have been trying to collude for all we know, and whether the president knew about it or not, I don't know. But regardless, when trying to potentially collude with uh, Eastern European governments, the Ukraine decided to back Hillary Clinton and not him and not Trump. So, <laughs> and, and nothing is happening. The only government investigating Hillary Clinton and the other side of this argument is the, is the Ukrainian government. That just goes to show you, I talked about this on my last solo show earlier in the week, about the corruption of the mainstream media and how they sat on information on Beto O'Rourke that could have been very damaging and very compromising to him during his senatorial run this past November. And they sat on it because the guy was allegedly writing a book and the only way that Beto would talk to him about anything regarding his uh, connection to a hacking group was if they kept it out of the news until after the election results were announced. That's pretty corrupt. And on top of that, now they're hiding another thing about Hillary Clinton and about how it, an Eastern European government uh, is, was, was backing her. That's nuts. That's great. And of course, it's going to get little to no fanfare by the mainstream media because no one cares. Because all they want to do is take down the president. All they want to do is undo everything he did and instill their socialist policies that are going to do nothing but ruin this country, ruin what it was created for. And honestly, if one of these crazies win in 2020, and it's not one of the flip-floppers, obviously Kirsten Gillibrand's not going to win, but she's one of the biggest flip-floppers I know associated with that. But if someone like a Bernie Sanders wins, if someone like a Kamala Harris wins, if someone like an Elizabeth Warren wins, then we're going to be in big trouble. So we need to make sure that we rile up the base. Again, we started Empire State Conservative Network, obviously first to take back the state, because if we can take back the state, then there's very good hope for the country. But the only way we're going to take it back is if the base gets riled up, we get out to vote in 2020 and beyond when there are special local elections happening for you. Look into them. There's not, often not a lot of fanfare that you'll find outside of very local television news stations. But look into them. See who's up for election. See what the incumbent is running on. Uh, and see what the opposition is running on. And vote for the best person that's going to benefit your area the best. That's the best way to get out and vote. You have to do your homework. You have to do your research. But you have to also understand that politics is local. If we continue to worry about all these national issues, which, yes, they're important. And, yes, it's important to know. But if we don't take control of our house, 
how are we going to take control of the country? And it's not to take control. We want to minimize control, right? We want to minimize the reach of the federal government, both into our lives and into our pockets. They should not be able to dictate our health insurance, what types of um, energy sources we use, whether for our car, for our homes. They should not be able to dictate anything. They should not be taxing us at the rate that we're being taxed, whether it's at the federal level or at the state and local levels. We, we are the most heavily taxed burdened state in the entire country. We have the least amount of economic freedom, according to the Cato Institute. 50th out of 50, we have the least amount of economic freedom. Year after year, we're always in the top three of that. Year after year, we're in the top three about migration, in terms of the number of people we lost in comparison to who came in. Always in the top three since 2012, we're number one in that respect. We have a lot of work to do. We have Andrew Cuomo in the governor's mansion. We have a very blue state legislature. And we need to do what we can and take it all back. Because if we can't take back the state, Jeff Moore had a piece on this yesterday, and he's not wrong. They're literally doing whatever they can to get us out and bringing in illegals and people who will be dependent on the government because they want to start a welfare state. And they want to start it at a state level and try and make up some BS like Bill de Blasio does in the city, talking about how total mayoral control, his words, not mine, of education as working wonders. When, yes, high school education or high school graduation rates are up, but also so is uh, the, the uh, preparedness of these students to either attend college or enter the workforce is down because they lowered the standards so much that the graduation rates could go up. Not They didn't actually do a better job of teaching these kids or preparing these kids. They're just doing it so on a, on a spreadsheet on a fact sheet, it looks better. When in actuality, it's not. When you just do a little bit of digging, he wants to end private property in the city. He wants the city government to determine how every piece of property in New York City is allocated and used. And obviously, they want to tax you up the ass. That's what they want in the city. That's what they want all in and around the state. And if we do what we did in the 2018 merchants, we sit back and do nothing, I can guarantee you history is going to repeat itself. It's only going to get worse. And if you think these first few months of the year, again, Reproductive Health Act, Safe Act 2, Red Flag Gun Laws, the DREAM Act, if you think that there's not more on the horizon, you are dead wrong. And we are here to fight. We're here to rile you guys up. And like we said... As we get closer to 2020, as more candidates at the local and state levels come out and we find good ones, not these empty suits that the GOP at the local and state levels tend to like to run, we're going to bring them to you. And then that way you know at least this person in your district or in your county, this person has your best interests at heart. And also, again, politics is local. Know your local elections, even the special ones. There's a special one that just happened in Nassau County, the county over from me, just the other day. It's important to know these things. So get up to date, do your research, get involved. And again, we'll give you candidates in good ways to get involved as the time gets closer. But guys, if you like this episode, if you like the show, if you believe in our mission, please do a couple things for us. For starters, please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, and leave us a five-star review where applicable. It really helps. As you heard or saw throughout the episode, we're trying to attract sponsors and we're paying to reach you. If you found us, there's a very good chance we paid for advertising that found you on social media or online somewhere and that's why you're listening or watching this right now so please share this with an empire state conservative who you feel would like it or even someone on the left who's not happy with how things are going maybe we can bring them over to the light who knows secondarily if you can afford to just five dollars a month 
is a donation. What you get is you get this. And uh, don't let fear take your freedom wristband that we'll mail out to you. You'll also get mailbag access. So every time we have a guest on, like we did on Tuesday, like we're going to on Friday, we will ask our donors, what would you like us to talk about with this person? And you can tell us. And we will let you dictate the conversation. If it's a Friday show and we don't have a guest, which we do this week and we probably do next week as well. We're still figuring next week's out. Then we'll ask you, what topics would you like us to cover? You let us know and we will cover those things because you're helping us. We'll help you. It's $5 a month, which comes out to $60 total for the year. If you can afford a $50 one-time payment, not only do you get the wristband, not only do you get mailbag access, you also get an Empire State Conservative Network hoodie. Name a number. Uh, I'm sorry, the Empire State Conservative Network logo on the front. Name a number on the back. So the small to 5XL. And again, we're not trying to turn to pop profit. We're just trying to recoup costs and Anything you can provide, whether it's a $50 one-time donation, $5 a month, or even you can do a one-time donation too. Just go to our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com forward slash donate, and it'll really help us out. But guys, thanks so much for watching or listening. Again, my name is Pete. Ev and I are coming back at you tomorrow with the host of the Left the Left show. So uh, this is another young person in the conservative movement who saw the light not too long ago and is now adamantly involved in politics, um, more so at the federal level there, but uh, we're very excited to have her on. So check that out tomorrow. But for that, I am Pete. Have a great rest of the day and night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, everyone. It's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.